Welcome to the final part of this podcast series on sustainable health and in this episode we will be focusing on practical actions that we can take to act on this issue both personally and professionally. One of the most important things that we can do is educate ourselves and also those around us. Climate change and research is always progressing so we should try to keep up to date with what is happening, just as we do with healthcare. You don't need to know everything about the climate or spend hours and hours studying. Just knowing a bit about what's going on means that we can have the right conversations. This doesn't have to consume too much of your time. An example of how to do this would be signing up to a monthly newsletter, for example, the Greenpeace newsletter. Social media is also a great way to keep up to date on climate change in the news, both globally and locally. As you scroll through your daily Instagram or Twitter feed, you can also learn at the same time. We'll link some of our favourite climate and health education accounts in our resource bank, which we'll be sharing with you during the unconference. Other quick and easy ways to have a positive impact on the environment include changing your default browser on your phone or laptop to Ecosia. For every 45 searches you make, Ecosia will plant a tree for you. If you find you get distracted while you study, the Forest app might be worth downloading. It's a focus app that allows you to plant trees in the real world if you don't leave the app while studying. Treakly is another app that plants trees based on how many steps you walk. In your personal life, you can also start conversations with the people in your sphere of influence. Start with your friends and family, then broaden out into your education or workplace, then even broader into your local community. Sometimes we can be faced with opposition, but remember, you never know what a simple conversation can lead to. You might change someone's mindset, but even if you don't manage to do that, you'll definitely learn something from the other person and you can use that to guide further conversations. Emma Watson said, as consumers, we have so much power to change the world by just being careful in what we buy. We can do this, for example, by reducing our consumption of fast fashion. This doesn't mean we no longer buy any clothes or we can only use expensive shops. You can learn how to repair simple things in clothes and shoes and get creative with reusing clothes in different combinations to make fresh outfits. You could organise clothes swaps with friends, sell things online like Depop or give clothes to a charity shop. Also, when you can, try to buy things secondhand. You can find some really high quality clothes in secondhand shops. Another big change we can make is to try to eat more plant-based foods. This does not have to be a dramatic switch to vegetarianism or veganism, but even reducing your meat intake by a few days a week can be hugely impactful. Small changes are still steps in the right direction. Maybe try a few days a week where you don't eat meat, or next year you might want to try Veganuary. A study into Veganuary this year showed that for an individual, the reduction in emissions for one month of meat avoidance was expected to be around 100 kilograms of carbon dioxide. If that individual permanently continues with their altered diet, the reduction could be around 1.2 tonnes of carbon dioxide per year. This is no small feat. We've spoken a lot about individual actions. There is only so much that we can do to reduce our own impact on the environment. The way our society is structured from our food and agriculture systems to transport networks means it's extremely hard to live a zero carbon lifestyle. So to enforce large scale change, we have to put pressure on the government and big businesses. 
we can use our democratic rights to interact with local councillors or our MPs to see what changes are happening in our local community and how we could do better. When it comes to election time, consider whether you are voting for someone who will make environmental action a priority. You can find lots of amazing resources on how to productively engage with MPs on a website called Hope for the Future, which will also be on our resource list. You could join in a local climate march if that is something that you feel comfortable doing. This is also a great way to connect with other people who are passionate about the environment, to realise that we are not in this alone. It's to say that activism is not just all about speaking publicly and going to climate protests like Greta Thunberg. You can also be an activist in other ways, such as through writing or art or even community volunteering. And whatever role you best fit in, you can still have a great impact. Once you start looking into ideas of how you can have a more positive impact on the environment, you'll find an endless list. Don't let it overwhelm you. And remember, you don't need to be a perfect environmentalist who has zero carbon footprint. But doing something is always better than doing nothing. Just have a look at the Counter Sin campaign, which showcases just how powerful individual actions can be when they add up. Finally, there is so much you can do in your professional life too. Starting conversations is super important. Speak to your colleagues about environmental issues. You might find other people who feel the same as you or are simply interested in learning more. Since the Green NHS report came out, each hospital trust is now required to create their own green plans. You can work with your colleagues to find out what's happening at your workplace and see whether there's more that could be done. The Greener NHS plan is very ambitious and although lots of important changes are happening at the managerial levels, it is important that the entire NHS workforce is engaged in our mission to reach net zero. Our changes may seem small, but the NHS employs over 1.3 million staff. If we all join in, we can make a huge difference. Even simple things such as encouraging proper recycling and energy saving habits can make a huge difference if lots of people take part. Check out the Green NHS website to learn more. You can also network with other healthcare professionals passionate about the environment by joining national groups. Groups such as Doctors for Extinction Rebellion do campaigns if that is something you're interested in. Others include Greener Practice, which focuses on primary care, and GASP, which focuses on anaesthesia. The Centre for Sustainable Healthcare regularly run various environmental workshops and courses, which healthcare professionals can attend to further educate themselves on these topics. They also run workshops on how to organise quality improvement projects and audits with a focus on sustainability. The Greener Practice website also has loads of great resources on how to talk to colleagues, posters for use in practices, and even videos that can be used in surgery waiting rooms. We're going to end with some final thoughts from all three of our interviewees on how we can continue to promote sustainable healthcare. First, we'll hear from Becky Taylor-Smith, Chief Sustainability Officers Clinical Fellow. Sometimes it's about connecting with values. Uh, so if you say, oh, there's this fact about the environment and that's really bad, but someone doesn't necessarily care that much about the environment, but actually their values are they really like to do a certain thing or integrity is really important to them, then actually it's about connecting with those values and actually what's important to them and how can you reflect it back in terms of, you know, sustainability. And there are some interesting debates going around about whether we should include um, the climate in consent processes. Should we be telling patients the carbon involved in an intervention such as an operation 
versus perhaps an exercise program and spending time in green space um, and healthier diets. And so it's, it is an interesting debate and it'll be interesting to see what way things go with that. Um, but often, generally, we let patients approach us on that rather than telling them at the moment. Next, we will hear from Cleo Kennington, Sustainability Lead for the Association of Surgeons of Great Britain and Ireland to the, the things that I want to really emphasize is watch for greenwashing from all the, the, the companies. Um, the important hierarchy is to reduce, whether it's reducing operations or reducing use of kit, the reducing is the, the priority. And once you can't reduce, then reuse. And only if you really can't reuse, then recycle. But anyone who starts a sustainability spiel saying, oh, we're going to recycle, that's greenwashing because recycling should come last. Um, and then focus on prevention. It's prevention is the most important part of uh, sustainable healthcare, prevention, prevention, but keep talking about it. Keep talking to other professionals and talk to your seniors about the importance of this, of, uh, mitigating climate change. Finally, we'll hear from Philip Marrick, founder of the Environmental Physiotherapy Association. First and foremost, I'm, I'm grateful that you're just picking up this topic and, you know, that's, that's really important. That's exactly what we need. You know, we need more heads and hands on deck. Uh, you know, the more people are involved, the, the better we can think together and, and, and find ways forward together. I think that's a really, really important thing. So, you know, I, I can't thank you enough for just picking this topic up in the first place. Uh, the other thing is, you know, for, for the physios that, that might be listening, you know, everybody's welcome to join the Environmental Physio Association, of course. We, again, for the same reasons, we need all hands and heads on deck. Sometimes these topics that this revolves around can get quite heavy and depressing and so forth. But actually, if you open yourself up to it, there's like, wow, you could do this and you could look at that and there's this potential and this possibility and so forth. And it's, it's also really exciting and really fun. So... Uh, I think it's good to remember that aspect of it and, and, and explore and do things. Thank you for listening to these podcasts on sustainable healthcare. Before the live session, please reflect on what you have learned. As we mentioned in the first podcast, the idea of an unconference is that it is a series of discussions rather than talks, and the topics are determined by you, the participants. We look forward to meeting you there. Remember to look out for a link to our resource bank. It's not a comprehensive list by any means but you can save it and keep adding to it as you learn more. Also, if you have enjoyed these podcasts and want to keep learning and join in with the actions locally, you can follow and join Earth Recess Team Society at the University of Birmingham. All students are welcome to join and we would love to see you there.